Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. So what the fuck is up, everybody? How we doing? Happy Monday. Hope you've all had a pleasant weekend and a good work week or school week or parent week or whatever you do with your time. My week has been pretty crazy. There was a lot of stuff that happened, a lot of things going on. The only thing I'm going to bother to mention would be the five-year anniversary podcast for Start the Beat with Sykes. This show, we are now officially five years old. We celebrated in good fashion at Brillo Box. That episode will be up uh, eh, sometime in the future. We have a lot more stuff that we got to get out first, though, like our conversation today with my new friends in the band, Chase and the Barons. We sat down a few weeks ago, chatted about their new album, the history about the band, them themselves as, you know, people and human beings in the world, and uh, had a really good time with them. That was a a really fun conversation. I'm really excited to share it with all of you. I'm just going to throw out a quick few dates before we get into the conversation promote my stuff and my things a little bit that i have going on this weekend may 4th my friends who run the cream team stream on twitch which is it's a video game streaming thing where they raise money for a lot of various charities and organizations through playing video games and being goofballs. This weekend, they're doing a Mortal Kombat medley stream, and they invited me to come hang out with them and play some Mortal Kombat for a good cause. So if you're interested in that, that's going to be May 4th, starting at 5 p.m., probably running throughout the night on twitch.tv slash cream team. You'll see me there. May 7th, which is next week, Ghoul on Ghoul, which they, if you aren't familiar, they are a sex-positive ghost podcast or something. Like, I don't know 100% what they do, but they're really, really fun. And if you haven't checked them out, they're going to be celebrating their one-year anniversary next week at Spirit. I'll be there. A lot of our other local podcasting friends will be in the building as well. You should uh, check them out. They're not a ghost podcast. They've done things about ghosts. It's like sex positive supernatural things. I don't know. They're they're entertaining. How about that? It's an entertaining podcast with entertaining people. That's my promo for Google on Google. So yeah, May 7th, it's Spirit. Is we're gonna, that's where they're doing their one-year anniversary show. May 11th, Grey Walker is playing Millville Music Fest on the metal stage obviously. And then the last thing I'm going to throw out is May 18th, the Lawrenceville art crawl Sykes and a new violence is going to be playing the hip hop stage at full pint wild side. So those are just a few dates. If you're interested to come check out gray Walker, check out Sykes and a new violence, maybe be a part of a live podcast event or watch me play some video games. There you go. 
That's it. Now that I got them dates out of the way, we're just going to move straight into the conversation. I'm not doing any listener questions this week. I'm not doing any, you got to hear this, you got to see this, you got to do this, because what I got to do is I got to be in the south side at the Smiling Moose really soon because Grey Walker's playing a show tonight and I'm doing everything a little behind schedule today. So I don't got time for all the fun stuff, but this conversation should be more than enough for all of you. So let's get into it. This is my conversation with my friends Chase and the Barons. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! Uh, we're good. We're rolling. Happy Sunday, gentlemen. How we doing? Doing good. well. Happy Sunday. I dropped the chair too much. You know, you ever you ever done that? You ever just drop oh, yeah. the chair too much? Yeah, I get a lot of options. That sounds like chairs. a dance waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> drop the chair. Uh, so, hello everybody. How are we doing today? I already asked you that. You said you were doing okay. Still doing okay. Hoping yeah. a lot hasn't changed in the past couple seconds since <laughs> nah, we started I mean, talking. Once, once I just started over. doing the chair thing, man. It all went downhill. Cool. So I'm sitting here today with three fourths of yeah. Chase and the Barons. Yes. Yeah. Why don't we start, uh, just introduce yourselves and what you do in the band. We can start with Across From Me. Cool. Across From You is Chase, Baron of the Barons. <laughs> so you yeah. are you are the the one. I, I guess, you know, I didn't, I never, you know, set out to be the one, but I, just, I guess they had a band called Chase and the Barons and... He really fit the role. <laughs> <laughs> we put an ad on Craigslist. It's like a real perk if your name is Chase Barron. And he responded. He's like, dude, that is my name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I play guitar and sing and play keyboards and stuff. Cool. Yeah. yeah um, I'm Saunders. I I just want to say that he also like writes a lot of the music, too. Um, Chase but, writes a lot of stuff for Chase and the Barons. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no that makes way. sense. But like, yeah. weird. <laughs> it's not just a clever name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm Mike Saunders. I, I play guitar. I do stuff. Um, do you I, go by I, Mike or Saunders? It, it, whichever one. Usually There's Saunders. There's a lot of Mikes. It's, so I get it. a lot of Mikes. There are, there are so many Mikes. There were like six in my graduating class. And I was like, <laughs> no, thanks. We'll just go with last names. Then. Cool. But cool. yeah, I, I like to just try to arrange weird instrument stuff so if like there's ever like there's like on the album we did this i like to try to get weird with whatever we're writing so. weird's important it is oh yeah and then jake i'm i'm jake stretch i play play drums move you can move this closer oh, to nice. you i was like i got like really comfortable yeah get couch. comfy yeah yeah, yeah just, <laughs> just, just relaxed Ooh, tight yeah. cool um but yeah i play drums i did some percussion on the album too uh and then uh we practiced at my parents house cool <laughs> so tight so Band practice at parents' house. I'm going to assume that maybe you guys are a little younger. I don't know. How old are you? Yeah, I'm freshly 23. I turned no nice. Like a yeah, we're all 23. Yeah. Yeah. All tw- a bunch of 23 year olds. Yeah. yeah. Band practice. So, do you guys have any like cool band practice rituals? Anything you guys like to do when you're jamming? Either either pre or post band practice. <laughs> oh, man. Not not so much now. I feel like I, the rituals have evolved a lot over the years. Like the, we, rit- <laughs> the rituals used to be let's get beer. And drink a lot, and then it became, "Hey, let's get some beer and drink less." It's like, "Hey, we're <laughs> practicing every day, and I'm pretty sure this is bad." I, I yeah. still have a ritual of spilling at least one beer. Practice. <laughs> That's, the, that one's pretty consistent, even yeah. if we weren't drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there so somehow, like an old beer left over. 
It's yeah. just kicked it's over. Worse. And he'll kick it over like right on somebody else's instrument, yeah. which is really uh, nice. Dude, so I got to tell you guys a story about kicking over beers. I might be sitting a little funny today. I pulled out my back last night, Okay. I think, or something. My back really hurts. I was playing yeah. a show last night at Cativo, and I kicked the water over on the stage. And they have that wooden stage. And if you spill water on that motherfucker, it gets slippy. So I'm like, oh, crap. This stage is slippy now. I got to fix this. I didn't have anything to clean up the water with so i had the genius idea of just dropping to my butt and trying to wipe it up with my yeah. butt <laughs> this oh, and i was just like moving in this way that i normally don't move and i think i really hurt my back doing that and the, the real kicker is that the water it just spread the water around like denim's not really that absorbent of it's like the school paper towels <laughs> yeah made out of cardboard they don't really do much that sounds no. like, yeah, there you go. Some like a uh, school paper towel denim. That sounds like a trend yeah. waiting to happen. Now, were you like playing guitar during this too? No, uh, no, no. This was for Sykes? No, it was for Grey Walker. I, okay. I, I, I yell in that. Nice. I'm just like, ah. And then, yeah, yeah. But uh, that happened. My back hurts. So you might see me like looking like an old man more than usual. Just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, so band practice, crushing beers. We play can thing. jam too. When we, it's a nice, lot of uh, can jam once the okay. There you go. Hits. Yeah, yeah. We took we took a can jam on tour once, and that was fun. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like filmed the other guys playing it. It really like I don't know. Like I'm not good at games. I just <laughs> I think you. I'm like a perfectionist at things, and if I'm not good at something, I just want to like run away from it. Like I have a lot of ego issues to work out. <laughs> like <laughs> how how are, how are you guys when it comes to like ego and being creative and things like that? Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> it gets in the way. Yeah. It gets in the way. It's it's hard to not for it to not get in the way. Like there's like so much that goes into just getting it out of it. So you know what I mean? I don't. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I would make a lot of bad decisions if there weren't you know three other people keeping the ego in check all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like we'll just be ripping a, a song and like it'll be something that maybe I was working on and then it hits this part where everyone else is like, we can't go there. Yeah. And, you know, luckily, I don't, I mean, everybody doesn't get too offended. It's like, hey, we all, we've done I mean, enough. I think we've, we, we virtually don't get offended. Oh, I no. don't know about that. I get offended sometimes. But you have to deal with it. I feel like, you know, <laughs> you get criticism and you're just like, you know, I don't want to listen to you, but you, you might be right. I'll try it at least. That's the, you know, that's yeah. the cool thing about being in a band and teamwork and really working with other people to get your ideas together and like you know it sucks whenever something that you feel really passionate about kind of gets shut down but it's not about you it's about what's best for the song mm -hmm. yeah I, i've said this a lot before on the podcast saunders can you pull your mic down just a bit it's kind of covering oh, up yeah. your face like is this good that's perfect yeah all right cool. so you know playing in a heavy metal band with guitar players that like to be like you know Oh, yeah. You know, Riff. sometimes it, you be like, it's, <laughs> it's okay to like, you know, back it off a bit and just let, you know, the other things take place because it's not all guitar. You got drums, you got bass, you got vocals, you need to have dynamics, you know, get all that stuff together. Yeah. I've been really paying attention in music how some bands today, like, I don't know if you know this band Cheek Face that just dropped no. the first album. They're this up and coming, really cool, like, it's like, Violent Femmes, Elliot Smith, Cake, cool, weird thing. So like kind of on the same level as you guys. Yeah, yeah. Which similar which vibe, we, which we is... didn't mention that, you know, you guys are like alt rock, indie, fun, upbeat stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah stuff like that. It, but, I mean, we have a lot going on in the album, which I'm a, a fan of. Like we orchestrated it uh, as much as we, we could. But this Cheek Face album that I was listening to, like they almost have it where like when an instrument comes in, another one kind of leaves. 
And it's really interesting that they, you know, they focus on like, hey, let each instrument kind of shine. And like, hey, if it's just a bass and you're vocal, that's cool. And the guitar will come in when the line's over. Yeah, there's something that sounds really natural about that that minimalism on stuff. Um, another thing that I bring up a lot when I talk about recording and production, I don't know how familiar any of you are with That's the Rage Against the Machine album, Evil Empire. Of course. <laughs> Have you ever listened classic. to the mix on that album? It's like drum center, bass left channel, guitar right channel. Like it's mixed like you're just in a room and it's very raw, but it's like one of the best sounding albums ever. That's, you don't think about like it. It's like such a genty guitar tone on that album too. Yeah. Tom Morello really has some seriously like crunchy tones. Yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. And the production on it is so minimal, but it sounds so fucking full at the same time. I think sometimes it's real easy you know, in songwriting to, especially in the studio aspect, to just like throw all this stuff in. It's like you're like, uh, like you're cooking and you got all this stuff in the kitchen that looks really good and you throw it all in the pot. But it's like, you know, most good meals only need like a few things. We to just work. got into this cooking analogy the other day, Saunders yeah. and I, we were talking and it was like, you know, this album, <laughs> we threw a lot in. We made a really nice pot of chili. Hell yeah. You just put everything you had into <laughs> yeah. this pot and it came out and it's just this one delicious bite. But, you know, looking forward, you know, at some of the music we've been working on since we wrote the album is like, you know, we rather prepare like a fine steak with a couple side dishes where there's really not many ingredients, but everything is really noticeable by it's like, you know, it works together. If you got to bite a steak with some mashed potatoes, it's good, but like they're separate. Yeah, and, and you not want, as much on the plate. You want like a several course, you know, yeah. pairing too. Like you want to start <laughs> yeah. with the yeah, the, the appetizers. Yeah, there's a lot of insane parallels between the world of cooking and the world of music. Actually, I did a few, a couple episodes of the podcast with um, people that run restaurants that are also like involved in music, and we did a lot of talking about that stuff. I just think it's like really fascinating in terms of like, uh, like if you're like an actual chef and creating a dish and crafting a dish, and then if you own a restaurant, I've talked with restaurant owners about like how similar running a restaurant is to running a, a band in terms of like your branding and marketing and all and those. It's so things, easy dude. to fail with both. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's that quote? Like you master one thing and you see it in everything, and it's like no matter what the pursuit is, there's so many parallels between you know whatever thing you're fronting. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like an artistic endeavor, or business, or yeah, <laughs> even it being like vaguely associated with cooking makes me feel like I know music a little bit better. Hell yeah! <laughs> it's like it's it's funny <laughs> when it when it comes to like food. What kind of foods do you guys eat? You got any like favorite place to eat after shows? Oh boy. <laughs> um, we end up at Mad Mex a lot. Fuck we yeah. Do, we do. Uh, Big yeah, Burrito yeah. runs deep. <laughs> yeah. I worked I worked at Mad Mex for over four years. Nice. Which one did you work at? No, uh, the one on McKnight. Cool. Uh, and, you know, I got really used to the employee discount. And yeah. just eating there every shift. And when I turned 21, we just started drinking there all the time. And we lived in Oakland. And the Oakland Mad Max has half off after 11. Uh -huh, yeah. And then when you can drink and eat for so cheap, that's just kind of where we were. Yeah. I fuck with Mad Max heavy. I got a, I got a connection, a big burrito connection. I'm trying to talk with somebody from uh, one of those Mad Max people. I got, I'm, I fuck with it heavy. Oh yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. working, I'm working on that episode behind the scenes right now, but uh, uh, it's, it's that's, worth a good, it. that's a good spot. They, they're really good. They, they have good, food always i mean i think they changed their menu up just enough to keep it interesting and 
uh, you know, they're, they're loud. So when we go in there mm-hmm. with a bunch of our <laughs> fans and friends and family and everyone's kind of tuned up yeah. a bit, it's not like we're causing a scene. Hell yeah, so. it's good food. Like, I I mean, good for, you know, what it is. Oh, God damn it. I forgot to turn the input down on that. It's fine. I don't use that audio anyways. You see how fucking loud it is anyways. Uh, <laughs> how do you guys feel about Denny's? Like, I fucking hate Denny's. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I was going to say, I man, if one, you want to be sticky for, like, the next week, Whenever go to people, Denny's. I mean, no no offense, because there are, def- I know for a fact there are some people that are listening to this that have definitely invited me to Denny's after shows, <laughs> and I'm not attacking you, but anytime someone invites me to Denny's, I'm just like, get your fucking life together. Like, there's so many better places to go, but also, if you like Denny's, you like Denny's. I don't want to be If you like Denny's, I, I don't you, like, be a dick. you like the flavor that everything at Denny's is, man. And it's just like... I feel like Denny's is just better with syrup, and no matter what it is, even if it's a cheeseburger, it's just better with syrup. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, sticky syrup. And then you get stuck to the seat, and you're pretty much just eating. You just can't get drinks there. there. That's the big thing for me. It's like (laughs) I I recently stopped drinking before sets because I just got sluggish behind the kit. Oh, totally. I just felt like really slow, and you know, wanted to just not play that much. And we would play these long. I mean, we were playing cover gigs that were like four hours long sometimes. And it's just like, yeah, I don't want to drink before that or during it. So afterwards, it's like, all right, let's go out someplace that I can get some beers. And it's like, if I went to Denny's, now I just like, I'm drinking coffee. I don't know. What am I drinking there? They might have like some cool like raspberry spritzer or something that you can have. Yeah. At the, uh, this is a a different place, but there's a Perkins where I grew up and they had a secret drink that wasn't on the menu called blue drank. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what can you tell that. can you tell me about blue drink <laughs> i can't really i mean it was a really long time ago and i feel like anytime i've had it like those kind of memories just Slip left away. my yeah they just kind of got away from me yeah it was a big deal though like because only the cool kids kind of knew about it it was like an inner circle of people <laughs> okay like someone may, i mean or dropping maybe, knowledge right now i what? am dropping knowledge to the people at dubois pa if you got that perkins hookup or that blue drank <laughs> you know that that might have honestly been a group of middle schoolers that just got convinced blue drank existed and a bunch of waitresses that were like, what the like, hell is wrong with these kids? Just putting blue food dye in water. Yeah. <laughs> pretty... Windex with some it. like high fructose corn syrup. It's like get real go. lit. Perfect. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I can go back and try to order it and keep you posted. It's just NyQuil. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it might just be NyQuil. Um, Saunders and Chase, what is your drinking at shows policy? You got a, I'm not drinking at shows thing. Like your boy Jake over here who well, has his fucking life together. Well, we, we, okay, okay, no. The only, we have had some rough gigs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say that. We haven't like thrown up on stage, which is good. We've been, I can't say collectively, but like I myself have been a little sloppy, you know, I just every, like I mean, playing everyone, wise, you know. Chase at the ruckus. Was oh. it was a complete mess. Oh, I don't know. We... I'd say that was a pretty solid set, though. That was one of the most set. engaging yeah, was, sets. Yeah. Started, there you go. He that's, just started that's a good dropping f bombs like crazy by the end because it was just a lot of drinks. I mean, there was hey, a man. whole front row of his like best friends from high school, just like here shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was dropping f bombs, but I've never been so confident in like getting people. <laughs> hey guys, try drinking. You'll be real confident. But um, I, I was I would say I was really being a show a showman by the end yeah, of that it was set. killer. It was, <laughs> we had a great time that was a fun gig yeah never again no i would do it at least like once or at least twice once more. We, we should pick a member of the band though that can get drunk yeah and then can't, we can you can't all... have everybody drunk in the band no. that's for sure and 
Yeah, I remember. I don't. I don't drink at shows anymore. I don't even drink on practice nights anymore. It's just like it's oh, too. Wow. Yeah, I get. I get. It's a lot. It's too. Yeah, I just. I don't like. I don't know. I, being feeling sluggish and things like that. Exactly. Uh, but a long time ago, this was probably in like 2012 or 13. Uh, we had an event called Shitty Prom. There was two of them, and it was basically like a prom night for adults at you know this shithole venue, and uh, there was an element of the show where all of the bands had keg races throughout the night. Well, man, and like you would, uh, I mean, as like bands are playing, and uh, we played both years, and our the band I was in at the time, we won both years, the keg race, but like that's Who really like, won though. How, I, mean, I don't, like, I don't <laughs> remember those shows. It's basically, I, I remember that they happened, but I don't. I've seen photos, but I don't remember those shows. And it's just like that's such a bummer. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just interested. How do the rules of this keg race work? Like, do you have the kegs there, and then like, oh, yeah. the second the band gets there, it's like, you, yep, you go. Uh huh. Start. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. That is a lot of cups of beer. <laughs> and it, it could work with like, it doesn't, it's not just the band. It's like the band and friends of the band and things like that. Like everybody okay. tries to team so whoever up. Whoever brought team the up. most people had like the best chance. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> or had like the most dedicated homies. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> to drinking beer. <laughs> hey man, we could do a good job at that. Yeah, our fans. I mean, our bachelor party, that was how many cans of freaking Corona Extra was that? My buddy. Un- uncountable. Yeah. Too many. Something? Yeah, 120 of the, the, the big Coronas. That's bad. That was bad. <laughs> Some of them got lost in the ocean. Sorry, Mother Nature. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> that was too much yeah. Corona. But moral of the story, like, separating the worlds is definitely a good move. Yeah. And, and it's like... like yeah, I don't judge people, obviously. Like, totally. Oh, no, same, I was, same. I was in that boat. I, it's just, like, more of, like, a... I would play these gigs and feel like really guilty the next day i was like i just i like i personally feel like i sucked last night so like i don't want to feel like that anymore yeah it's 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 cool to hear it coming from like somebody that is 10 years younger than me because you know i just figured this shit out like you know (laughs) four months ago (laughs) so you're much better off like having that mentality now instead of going through your entire 20s not remembering any fucking shows you played it's a nightmare (laughs) don't do it the other thing too is when like we've we had this thing where we played in a ton of bars to raise money to like do the album and stuff. We needed to raise a lot of money. So we played like just a hundred shows in like bars and they would give us either like discounted drinks and free food or something like that. And if you get into the habit of just like housing this nasty oh, yeah. food and then, well, well, but, oh yeah, not nasty, just like cheese sticks and I icy mean, just lights, like bro. Greasy. I, oh, yeah. I, nasty's not the right some word. Some fucking, some fucking Hi. zucchini sticks. Yeah. Some jalapeno papas. Like nasty <laughs> with some and... blue drink. <laughs> exactly. <Nachos>. <laughs> <laughs> like nasty to the pancreas is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It gets it. It weighs on you eventually. And, and yeah. my birthday gig was probably one of the sloppiest of all of them. We we played. I didn't help with that. No, that was bad. Uh, I played. It was a Saturday night. We played at the Clada. And um, they had a special on car bombs that night or Dude, something. Dude, I think I made that up, man. I was I telling everyone to buy you car bombs. And <laughs> just I, I, was, you know, I, I was... would just turn around and there would be like 10 car bombs lined up behind the drum set. I'm like, all right, I mean, I'm going to drink these. And it's just like we, we had previously like, you know, determined that the bass player is going to drive my car home and get the gear back safely. And I was like, all right, like after the races, yeah. I remained on my feet all night. 
I can't say. And here else. you are, sitting before us. I'm alive, <laughs> alive and well. I might not have as many brain cells, but I'm not sure. Oh, uh, those are overrated, anyways. Yeah. You got millions of them. Yeah. So you're sitting here. You're talking about an album, which, even though it is not out now, it will be out by the time people are watching this. Yeah. So the name of this album is Live Wire Bedfire. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about this fucking thing. Cool. So what the dealio? Yeah. Where'd you record it? How many tracks is it? Uh, who influenced it? Who uh, who did the artwork? Who, yeah. who did this? Let's talk. Can I just? That's a lot. That's a I, lot. Of hey, words. hey! I, I brought a copy of the album. Um, one to give to you, and two so that we could look at it, so we remember. Yes. What it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Professional. Um, Tight. I mean, I guess the first thing to say about the album is if you just Google Live Wire Bedfire, the lyrics to Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads come up. Cool, yeah. Um, it's not a direct lift from that, but they do mention those four words in like two lines in a row. And uh, Psycho Killer is like the first song we played as a band. So when we came up with this, it was kind of like a yeah. kind of homage to us just like loving the Talking Heads. Too, um, so that's kind of where the name of the album came from. And then... Uh, the songs are like I guess kind of two years old or a little a little, a little I know fresher how it goes. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. We we wrote them as we finished. We started writing this album as we finished our first EP. I mean, Treehouse was written in December of I guess seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Well. Um, and then we hit the studio for it. Where'd you record it at? Uh, Red Cayman Media. Okay. Which is, uh, it's like right across from uh, PPG <laughs> Paints Arena. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, Jesse Noss. Yeah, Jesse Noss phenomenal you know it's pretty it's pretty interesting like you mentioned just a few minutes ago that you played a show at clada which i'm like i've never talked to anybody that's fucking played a show there that i'm aware of they don't have a pa you got to bring the pa and then you you mentioned like this red cayman studios which i've never heard of and (laughs) i mean the point that i'm getting at and this is a point that i've brought up before on the show is that no matter how small you think the city is like i'm constantly learning about new different things there's so many bands existing in all these weird other pockets that it's impossible to keep up with all of it yeah and we we kind of went at this band a little abstractly like because we've all been in bands in the past since for the past i mean we're young but we've been in bands for a long time i mean mike and i played at smalls when we were 15 oh yeah (laughs) and to piggytail on that (laughs) to piggyback piggytail on it on that uh yeah, to nickel back on that conversation from earlier um, about genres, their their band restricted highways. We started out as like we started out as like hard rock, and then we by the end we just started writing prog. I was so into like between the buried and me and all those guys that uh, it's just there's that's what I wanted to write, but it's like you're young and it's just like your parents are just like who's screaming right now, and you're just like yeah, having singers over was really issue. uncomfortable when like we were practicing at our parents' house and they're like. They're yelling and it's kind of scary. Yeah. Like the neighborhood's going to like think weirdly of this. Like, why are you doing that? Yeah. But here we but, are making indie rock now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after all of our early endeavors, we kind of went into this and tried to take it in a very different way. Like, I feel like we played festivals that t- typical bands don't play. Like, we played like a noodle festival and we played. Yeah. Like all these different food fests and all these Italian festivals. Okay. A lot of charity events. A lot of charity events and a lot of restaurants, a lot of bars just to get just to get started until we wanted to take yeah. that next leap into, you know, this and doing a different thing where we already got a fan base kind of built in this really abstract way that like I've never I mean, we, we, pursued. We always ask people for advice. Um, like what 
what do you think we should be like working on right now? You know, like we got all this energy. We don't really know where to channel it. Our previous bands have like <laughs> yeah. failed at a lot of things that we aspired to do, but we just didn't know, you know, we didn't have a direction. So one of the, the earliest recommendations we got was like, play as many gigs as you can. Yeah. And we're like, all right. So we just got like really hungry for some shows. So we just took a lot of gigs and we didn't really think about the merits of the shows at all. It was just kind of like, we didn't want to play any shows where we had to sell tickets because you can only play a handful of those a year if your fans are cool with buying tickets like that. And at the time, almost all of our friends were in college, so they were broke as hell. And you could play basement shows for free in Oakland, so it was like, you know, no one's going to come out. And the basement scene didn't like us They either. didn't like us that much. We were too happy. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, we were really happy. And our fans also, like, our fans would get tanked at those shows and talk and it's an audience that really enjoys listening and not talking during other bands and our fans would just get rowdy and get shushed, which uh-huh. is like not what they wanted. It's, so, it's yeah. uncomfortable being shushed when you're at a show. It's like I get it, like if you're if it's like a sit down, like emotional performance, but it's in a basement in Oakland. And I was like, This it is emotional, yeah. but I mean, it's just different. Yeah, I mean that's not the what thing. I was expecting. We've had good and, and bad basement shows because we have a good shows where the, the lineup is like all bands like us. Yeah. which is really good. You know, you want to get, it's just the planning of basement shows sometimes, yeah. you know, people just like, like stack up whoever's in town and it's like, you throw like this uh, upbeat jam band in the mix and it's like, what are they doing here next to this other stuff? Which we all listen to, you yeah, know. And we're friends with the guys in the scene. It's just like, you know, we just never got fully acclimated to it. Yeah, but, uh, I think I think the, the problem that you come across is the people that are there that aren't in bands that maybe don't quite get it or they're there for a reason other than the music so you're kind of like battling against that and they're not expecting to come across what you're doing it happens a lot with sykes and the new violence on some of the gigs we play because we don't really fit in with anybody so we'll just play whatever show and sometimes it works out really cool like on thursday we played a show with like some like kind of like stoner doom metal stuff and everybody was fucking cool as hell to us and then, you know, I've played shows with, like, other rap acts, and everybody looked at us like we were fucking crazy. And it's like... Yeah. I mean, like... Well, I t- felt like we... we Those those worlds aligned so much more than with the, like, stoner rock stuff, but you'd be surprised. It's all about the mindset, too. Like, you... The guys that are into the stoner rock scene, they go with it. You know? They're there, and we found with a lot of the shows we've played where it's like, some of them... The people are there to hear music. They don't really care. They're just there to hear music. But it's like some of these food festivals, they could give a damn less who's playing. You know, they kind of just were expecting a DJ for that day. Not necessarily DJ like electronic music, but just like playing the hits. Uh And it doesn't really matter what's happening. So it's like whatever we were playing just didn't make sense to them. Yeah. And we played a lot more of those shows than shows where people cared about music in general. Yeah. We've played a lot of shows where it's like they could have done with a DJ. It's it's good, I mean, at least for you, though, to take those gigs because it's still, you know, road practice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No matter how many times you practice, you mentioned you practice, what, like daily? You practice pretty frequently? Less now. I mean, we practice at least three times a week, okay. probably. Yeah. But, like, yeah. you know, no matter how many times you practice in your controlled environment, it never feels the same as a show. Yeah, it's, it's not, always, not stressful uh, if you break a string in your basement. You can just be like, oh, well, I got a pack of strings. I'll yeah. just change this while you guys talk about something. But like, yeah, you're not, you're, not, that's like, you're not battling like playing in between other acts with like, you know, a sound system that like you're not familiar with or a sound person that, you know, maybe 
doesn't give a shit about their job. Monitors that don't make any noise. Yeah. Or yeah, make yeah. way too much noise and you're like <laughs> bleeding. You're like, why? I don't need to hear the like the the harmony vocals that I'm not even singing along with. Like this is dreadful. But. That's the thing of performance too. It's like being as much agony as possible but make it look like you're having Yeah. I mean you're having <laughs> a good time. No, that's a really good point. But, that's know, a really good point. There's a, definitely a lot of people that don't they're not aware of that. They'll, they'll yeah. make it very obvious they're having a miserable time. Kind of just segueing into uh, a point that I've been thinking about a lot lately where as performers, we need to remember that, you know, the show is for the people that are watching the show. It's not yeah. for us, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, yeah. a part of it is for us, but we need to make sure that we're given the people that took time out of their day to come watch us or they just happen to stumble into a place and they're watching you just like oh what's going on that yeah. like you're giving a good performance and you look like you're having fun so people want to be a part of yeah, that you really got to leave your shit at the door unless it's like one of those things where you're playing like a solo or getting into a performance and you have like some energy that you're channeling in like a musical way um you know we've we've had a couple shows where like we played at um what was the place in station square we played at Buckheads. Oh, buckheads, yeah, and it was like one of these night, <laughs> one of these nightmare scenarios. Oh, did that happen? Um, they thought they wanted to start with live bands, which okay. we didn't know any. We had, none of us had been there before. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. And they're like, I've yeah, seen well, the lines, like you know, just from yeah. Down and they're area. like, yeah, like we would love to have you guys play. You know, we've seen some. of I think like their manager had seen us play once and was like, this would be great. And our sax player at the time, we still, and he was like a permanent member he had some other obligations that day so he was running from those obligations to us marching band I marching yeah <laughs> yeah he he was uh working for hampton's marching band at the time and he was running late and had some family problems and so he's coming in with like a really bad attitude we're all stressed because uh. it's super late and our bass player at the time had started buying drinks for the sax player who wasn't there so then he drank both drinks uh, <laughs> got like four rounds of those so he was obliterated and mm-hmm. we uh we vibed really bad. The audience was very confused because they were like, Why is there a rock band at Buckheads right now? This makes no sense. We were trading sets with a DJ. We, we were, were swapping we back and sets. forth with someone who's a DJ. And then the promoter wrote a set list for us of songs that we didn't even know. And he's like, Can you play these? And we're just like this isn't how this works, man. Do you like, guys know any Black Eyed Peas? It's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like rock band, live rock band, and they're like, "Can you turn it down?" And we're like, "Booked us." Uh, and we, like, and, yeah. Oh, I I hate that comment sometimes. I like I get it. I I really get it. Like, but as a whole band, like if you are hiring a rock band, like you have to expect it's going to be loud. Yeah, that's the the thing where uh, we we did a restaurant gig a couple weeks ago. And I like followed up with the owner several times. I was like, look, this is going to be loud. This is what we're doing. Are you okay with it? Yeah, cool. Like (laughs) follow up like this is it. Like are we, you know, being very transparent and clear like this is what we're going to fucking do. He's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we did it and it was fine. Yeah, I think it's a matter of like sometimes mm -hmm. people actually know what they're getting into when they ask you. And then other times people don't. And like just figuring out like if somebody actually knows what they're asking for can be yeah. a bit of a chore at times, no, which is not Buckhead's fault. Like totally yeah, like yeah. it's not yeah. their mm-hmm. fault that like, it was a weird vibe. It was more so, I think you can look at us and the way we dressed a little different back then. Yeah, like we've, we've changed it. Up we've changed it. up the way we do, but we had this real aura of like, we party 
back then, like just yeah. like the way that we were in all these bright colors and like moving around more than we do. And I see how you could walk by that and be like, yo, I need to put that in my bar because that that's a party right there. But then like when you get into it, it's like, oh, this is a giant collection of indie rock songs that they wrote. Then they have extended drum solos and like bass solos and they're trading parts. And this is a jazz song. And it's like, well, it's not quite the party, you know, if you walk. Yeah. And, and the, I mean, there's some flexibility with like volume. I mean, we if we know about it, we can bring acoustics, um, you know, and we, we you know, you have some dynamic control where you can be like, all right. We're playing at Mr. Smalls for the release show. Like, obviously, that's as, you know, turned up as you can get mm-hmm. volume-wise. But, like, if we're playing in, like, you know, we've done a couple other podcasts recently, and it's like we're playing in a tiny room, like, smaller than this. And it's like, all right, we want this to sound really good. We're going to set up minimal, play quietly, and it's going to work out. And we hit that with the right mentality. But it's like we're playing outside. People want to have a conversation, though. And it's like you're not going to stand right in front of the band and have a conversation. So why complain about it, you know? Yeah, it's a little strange. You mentioned that you guys looked a little differently then and all that stuff. What is your thoughts on like the importance of style as a band and like overall visual elements? Like you have a lot of cool artwork surrounding a lot of your stuff that I've seen. Like this album cover is really cool. And then that like artwork for the single that you guys dropped with like the car on fire (laughs) is really cool. And I saw like the the flyer for your album release show is really cool. There's a nice. lot of cool artwork, so I, obviously, like you find the there's an importance to like visual elements, but also style and things like that. Like, what are your thoughts on all that? Well, You're obviously yeah. kind of aware of it. When we yeah. started out, you know, I kind of had this grandiose vision of looking this really weird way of you know wanted to stand out. You know, I felt like, and this isn't nothing like you know casting shade on anybody, but it's just like a lot of bands just wear t-shirts and jeans, which is totally. Like, Totally the norm. I would say that's basically the average. Yeah, I mean, it know? works for some yeah. some bands. like, And it's really comfortable to play in, and it, it gives people a good platform to advertise either their favorite bands, their influences, or their friends' bands, and it's, like, really cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I wanted to be a little different than that, and um, I had gotten really into collecting ties at the time. So I was like, let's wear bright pants, crazy ties, weird-ass shirts, and then Converse shoes because they're colorful. And then... You know, at first it was like I was the only one who owned all these clothes, so I would lend them out to the band. And then, <laughs> you know, we played a couple gigs where people were like, hey, that's really cool. So, you know, Chase got into it, Mike got into it, and we we kind of developed it um, for a while. But, you know, Mike had his reservations about it over the time, and it, it is good. Why is that? I feel, I feel uncomfortable. It's just like... It's just not my look. Like I, I didn't really like own a single pair of colorful pants until basically when we're like, "Hey guys, we're wearing colorful pants now." I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like what? <laughs> what colors do I like? Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was difficult, but like ultimately, I think it was really good for just developing just like an opinion. Because beforehand, I was like, "Oh, I don't really care," and like I just had to be put in that uncomfortable area to be like, you know what? No, I don't like this. No, like there's there's some parts of it that uh, I'm cool with. Like the cool shirts are awesome, but like there's I feel like there's a certain level of like ambiance that you need to reach. And we were just like like uh, I don't know if there's like pastel paintings. We were just like Andy Warhol, yeah, <laughs> just like very bright. And we were like the the hard part too is that we wouldn't be on stage the whole time we're wearing these outfits. You know, it's like this is cool. This is something that like a big band would come out and like they got these 
crazy colors they're rocking. But like, we got to take into account that 75% of the night we're hanging out in the bar. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah, well, talking I, to people, like, hey, you want to buy some merch from me? Like, yeah. I'm just chilling. With, uh, but I got these orange pants on. With, <laughs> with Sykes and the New Violence, we do like costumes and outfit changes and things like that. But it's wow. like, um, like, uh, I will actually change like before and after the sets. Yeah, that's wise, man. You got to like have a separation between when you're trying to mingle and when you're actually on stage yeah. if you're going to make a, a statement. We didn't really have a lot of opportunities to change. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially with the gigs where we had to bring the PA, you know, you're looking at two hours, uh, mm -hmm. hour and a half before the show of just working on that. And then you're going right into your set and then you oh, yeah, dude. all that up. So it's like, I know, I know. We didn't have time to change and we didn't. And it kept, definitely made you feel weird like walking into a sheets. And just feel like at 2.30 in the morning and you're wearing all of this with like three other guys that are also wearing this. Listen, like, I mean, and people are just staring at sheets you. Sheets at 2.30 in the morning, you should be the, that's whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, there's no rules, no, man. No need to judge anybody, but people definitely threw some skepticism at us. And um, But you know, Sheets loves us, man. I, I've definitely taken some like band photos there late night in our outfits and then Sheets is always... Oh, they're all about it. They're always hitting but, us up. You know, we, we've changed our lineup a bit recently. We've got a new bass player. He's like one of our old friends and... um. You know, uh, he was adamantly and, against ad it. adamantly <laughs> against the outfits, and, 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 like, and it's just like you know he has his own stylistic ideas, and um, you know it was definitely you saw us and you knew that we premeditated that outfit, put a lot of effort mm -hmm. and thought into it, and it wasn't necessarily um, you know just genuine. I guess it was just. Well, like, I you mean know, that's fine. I think bands yeah. can have images, but I think that it's probably smart to switch it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and, every and, album cycle or however you want to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and now we actually yeah. have an album. And I think what, what happened was we played so many shows in those outfits and like people could see us all over Pittsburgh. And if you happen to be in that community of people that saw us multiple times, like there's no way you, you would see us twice and not think it's the same band. You'd be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's chasing the Barons for sure. Yeah. And like, we wouldn't even need to be playing. Like you just walk by us. Yeah. Be like that's them. So yeah. We're trying to be a little bit more subtle now okay um you know we still want it like we don't want it to just yeah. look completely ragtag but at the same time like you know i think allowing for some less uniformity and just more you know look nice look like not necessarily fancy nice but just like look like you're supposed to be there yeah keep it groovy yeah you, yeah. Got, you got a cool idea for your outfit too man that was like a yeah i started tie-dying cool and i made a groovy one so I'm hoping to wear that to the release show. It's gonna, it came out. That's really awesome. It's just a bummer that you're behind the drum kit. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. got to stand up. Oh, look at my shirt. Look, yeah, at, this shirt. It, look at this. <laughs> Smalls has a riser. So, oh, that's true. I mean, at least we have that going for us. Because a lot of the shows, when I don't, that it definitely gets lost. Uh -huh. You know, But that's okay. Yeah, it's like the dude that's all about styles always in the back. <laughs> it's rough. It's okay. I got the drum set. It looks nice. Yeah, but I like that it transfers over into like the graphics and everything. Because I'm very into... I don't know, the graphic two-dimensional arts. Um, in, in high school, I was like very about just taking as many art classes as possible. And like my day job right now is kind of like graphic design type stuff. So I luckily know a lot of artists from my past and I'm not like the, the best freehand artist. So on a lot of the posters, I'll have someone else draw it and then I like take it and turn it into like, like this the text graphic. text layout and all that and, stuff, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, even color them and stuff and like vectorize them. And this last, the, the handbill for the uh, release show is our basis drew it. Um, Cause we had it like we just came up with the vision and then he drew it. And then Chase made a couple colorings of it. And then we just sat down one day and knowing nothing about like Photoshop at all, we were like, just do this, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's always crazy. I, I do like some freelance stuff too. And whenever you get someone behind you that doesn't know how f- all the ins and outs uh-huh. of Photoshop and they're like, hey, uh, throw like 500 circles there and... <laughs> You know, why don't we just warp all that? And it's just, it gets crazy. Came out great, though. It does, yeah. I I think it's fun, though, sometimes to have somebody that doesn't have that experience or knowledge because, like, their suggestions are coming from a very pure place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what you need in, yeah. in, like, in the music, too. Like, one of the people that uh, listened to this CD and, like, gave me a lot of pointers was just my dad, who has, like, oh, totally. he has no musical you know bones in his body and he'll say that but he he's a a huge fan of alt rock today and he took a listen to the album and gave me like this giant like spreadsheet of notes and stuff that's killer is your dad into music like playing no no not at all he's he's like a wrestler he's just he'll (laughs) he'll mow your grass and like cool wrestle you but he won't play any music well that's that's rad though but he's yeah sorry he's he does go to um like firefly music festival with me yeah like he's super he's a fan of music yeah Yeah. super fan but doesn't play it at all i've tried to teach him but that's cool those those are the opinions that you need the most one thing that i think is really cool about the shows that you guys have been playing you know all this like not like very traditional shows it seems like bar gigs and things like that is that a lot of the people at those shows probably aren't people in other bands where it's real easy to get stuck in that cycle of just playing Mm -hmm. shows to other people in bands and like a small handful of fans it's like really hard to grow if you're just playing with other bands but if you can play shows where there are a lot of people who aren't in bands there that's how you're actually going to get a fan base like a real fan base for sure and getting the opinions of those people is really crucial too yeah, they yeah. I always get really disappointed when we don't know Grateful Dead songs. That's the only thing I've really noticed. Is like we play, <laughs> we have a song in the album called Ripple. It is not a cover of the Grateful Dead song Ripple. We we announce it, and they're like, "Finally, it's a Grateful Dead song." And then it's like, "No, it's not." Oh, uh, you know, like <laughs> you should that? play one, and it's like, no. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna see a full band play a Grateful Dead song, you don't want it to be Ripple either. Yeah, I, feel like I mean, not not the Ripple's a great song, but like I could just do that on acoustic guitar or something. Yeah, you could get a different song. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly don't know too much about the Grateful Dead. They're cool. They're there's, cool. There's definitely there's definitely a good documentary series on. Them. Yes, I would recommend <laughs> watching the documentary. They're fi- fascinating group. Neat. Yeah. Really yeah. Fascinating. Amazon has a good one. Speaking of, you know, the 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 different kinds of shows you've been playing, I noticed online that you guys have won some battles of the bands and things like that. No. Part, part Where t- did you see that? <laughs> it's on your Facebook. Oh, oh man. We, we, we did it. We, we had a stint, man. Yeah, we it's, won it looked, like five Yeah, that was a, that was going to ask. I was like, it looked yeah. like you'd participated in these and that, you know, you had been successful at them. And I was going to ask about, you know, your experiences playing those types of shows. I imagine that was probably like when you were starting out with Chasing the Barons. Yeah, that was the first two years. Yeah. Yeah, first two years we just decided. Yeah, that what we was were, that like? I we yeah. were just a competition well. band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, battle royale. Um, we we had done some in high school um, with like our first bands. I'm sure. Did you get involved in anything when you were that th- young like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's a very common gig. There's a lot of them. Um, and the, what's alluring about it is it's like almost guaranteed to have a crowd pretty much because you can only win if you bring a crowd. So all these bands really try to bring it. So it's like, you know, normally you get to play in front of a lot of people. Um, but some of them are all crowd and no judges. Um, so most of the ones we played 
were more weighted in a judge favor, which was nice. Um, but it's like it's a weird vibe because it's like you know normally when you play a gig with another band, you're friends with them, but like you're at a battle of the bands and everyone's just kind of superficially nice to each other because they all want to win, you know. And I mean, we've made some good friends. I mean, we got to know the dudes and the bleepy things through yeah. the Duquesne battle of the bands we did. And like Keeb Cabler. We met them at one of the battles. Yeah, Kalber. Kalber. Yeah, and they were cool. And yeah. it's just, but it's like, whoever wins, it's like, so subjective because it's music and the genres are rarely the same. So it's like, how are you going to equate our indie rock to grunge? You know? Sure. It's like completely different. And then there's like the age thing too, because we played with like one band that like all the dudes were in their 40s and 50s and it's just That's like- That's gross. What are they doing there? Yeah. yeah. But like, you know- They were good. They were good. Like, it's, you know, yeah but still <laughs> but it's like strange you know just having like those kind of discrepancies and then you know people have to judge that and yeah. you're running through these sound checks where no one's going to have a good sound check because it's either backline gear that no one's comfortable with or you're swapping gear super fast you're playing a 15 minute set it's like um, I don't know I just also don't like walking away like like you either I don't know if you've really picked up fans or if you just like pissed off some kid's mom you know <laughs> Like, like, did you just make two new enemies that are like just some kids' parents? Yeah, I, I've never played a battle of the bands. They don't advance your career either. <laughs> you yeah. don't, don't. It's not worth it. Well, like, I'm definitely not going to now. It'd be completely absurd. Like, I, like when you mentioned like having like an older band there, I was just like, ooh, that's like a. You ever used to like hang out at the mall with your friends and there'd be like one person there that was like way too old to be hanging out with everybody like what the fuck is this dude doing yeah, here oh, that's yeah. like how i'd feel about that band what was that yeah. baseball movie where they had the guys like come in there like way older and play on these kids leagues oh yeah bench warmers yeah, yeah exactly. that's, what, it that's was. what i'm thinking about yeah. With this. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's a little strange there was one though like I, I don't know if they ended up going through with it. I was talking to Roy who works at the hard rock and he does a lot of the booking there. And um, he was mentioning that they were thinking about doing another one. And I forget who it was through. I think it was just through the hard rock or something like that. But it was like um, the grand prize would have been 10 grand. And I'm like, so it's just like, so we've had more interest for it in bands than like ever before. I'm like, well, duh, it's 10 grand. Like, you know, I would play it for 10 grand. Like that's, that's a good pay, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But like the rest of it is like, yeah, the prize money is a thousand dollars, but you're gonna play five shows to lead you up to that thousand dollars, and if you lose, then you just got paid nothing for all of those gigs and all that effort, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it might even be more civil if it was actually just like people in bands got to you know do some martial arts, <laughs> yeah. or something. You know, that would be cool. I would enter that. Yeah. Just I mean, to see like have the local like indie bands. Are like, you into who's... martial arts? No, not really, okay, but cool. I would like to see who in the indie bands is. You know, I'm into like Saunders has fitness a good and stuff. Saunders is more yeah. into... I, I did Taekwondo when I was like, I don't know, like in us. Probably second through sixth grade or so. Oh, nice. So I love it, but I You're like one of those adorable little kids with like the little tiny outfit on. Yeah, and then just like breaking yeah. boards and doing that thing. Fuck yeah, I, breaking I boards. That. I love breaking boards, man. Oh, my, fuck. my my toes are fucking destroyed from kicking boards. It's like horrible. You still ever <laughs> breaking like, boards? I wish I could. Not I, anymore? I don't you know, I just don't have them. His, they have his, these his like very specific cuts and like you Can know, we get some? Yeah, sure. You should do that at shows. Yeah, we should do that at the release party. Yeah, just set up like two, two, two stacks of cinder blocks, and Saunders will just start hitting them. That was that was a part of the black belt test. Even as like an eight year old, they're like, try to break this cement block, and they like you, you have to punch it, and like you don't do it. Some people do, and you're like, damn. 
I want to do that one day, <laughs> but like, you know, you're, you're eight. That's Why'd you, happen. uh, get out of it? Uh, my, my teacher, um, there was like some weird HR stuff going on in the company and they were like, well, you can't teach here anymore. You have to go back. You have to go to this place in Erie or go back to Canada. And uh, he was a really good teacher and he was the main reason I stuck with it because he, like the discipline and everything you learn in martial arts, um, the respect and all that stuff forms and like, that's like, that's what I liked. And he was like a, a real strict teacher, but a nice guy. And I learned a lot from him and music. I got into music right after that though. So, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's probably better, <laughs> but uh, I, I've always been interested in getting back into like judo or something like that. MMA. Out. Yeah. No Krav Maga or something. <laughs> what about you, Jake? Any, uh, Oh no, no fighting on my end. No, uh, I uh, I could hit someone with a drumstick. That would hurt. That's not fun. But you know, I I watch MMA when it's on. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. Um, I would I would love to learn though. I yeah. mean, I feel like those that kind of like you were saying yeah. what you learned about just forms and respect and doing things over and over again. That's I feel like that's a good thing. It takes a toll on your body belt. though. That's like where I get like spooked. I'm like, man, I, I want my body to last as long as I can. Well, I think the thing that's cool about like MMA, uh, like with like UFC fighters and things like that, it's a whole lot of training and you know not a whole lot of fighting. It's not like mm-hmm. boxing or something like that where like I think yeah. those dudes get fucking rocked. It's like yeah. except for the ears, the with... ears, they're all cauliflower. Oh those yeah, guys, those, <laughs> their ears. I mean. I'd be shocked if many of them get past their like fifties without like some permanent brain damage and like Alzheimer's and stuff. I mean, it's like, Oh yeah, it's, it's wild. a big issue. People but they, they know it too. It. They, they're like, yeah, like I'm going to make all this money now and spend it and enjoy it. And then like my family will be wealthy for like a long time. And it's just like at the compromise, like at the sacrifice, like my body will not work. Sure. Anymore. And like their yeah. hands. And I mean, they, this guy's break their shins so many times to get those bones to thicken up. It's just like, Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you're really doing it like back in the day before, I don't know when when there were like less organized boxing groups that played for a lot of money. I know that um, I just heard on podcasts that people would get messed up and they'd pretty much just be a martyr. Like dad's a boxer, you know, and he just goes and boxes and makes money. And you're pretty much just putting your life on the line for your it's family like at that point. <laughs> yeah, just like Daredevil. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. But back to just like the general practice of a martial art and like you know the discipline and the training and all that. It seems like very uh. I have a very romanticized idea of like the effects that that could have on your life outside of the practice itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In terms of like, you know, just being a more uh, calm, centered person, confidence in your life, you know, organization, balance. I mean, any, mm-hmm. any sor- and, sort of regimented like activity where there's structure, there's people ahead of you and like goals and objectives to follow out. I mean, I think that's going to do tremendous good for your life, no matter what it is, really. I mean, it's just like yeah, being in a band or... can kind of be like that. Yeah, yeah, very much. It's, it's definitely like I I feel like I've really struggled with work life balance and band and you know just like yeah. trying to figure that out and just like being with these guys just like pulling me through it. Like I I started and like you know they they kind of just help you out and pull you through some of the crap sometimes. Yeah, sometimes they're the cause of the crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, we all, everybody in life has ups and downs. And sometimes when you're at your low point and you're around your homies, you can be a real dick. Um, and <laughs> yeah. when you're in a band with them, it's just like, yeah. you know, you got to deal with that person weekly. You know, you don't really get away from them. Um, Cause like, especially at this stage, like if you're not touring extensively, making tons of money, you don't really take breaks 
until you've made it to that point. I mean, so you, you like, don't even take breaks at that point. Yeah, some people yeah. do eventually. It's like, oh, we've put out four albums, gone on like a bunch of tours, which, you know, sure. take six months off. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, somebody gotta... had a kid. Let's take a little break. But uh, for us, it's like, you know, every week. Um, yeah, or like we get that weekend where we don't see each other and it's like, wow, that was a break. You know, we get those two mm-hmm. days off. We only we... practiced on Monday this week. Like that is nice. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I love when I have like weekends off of shows. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good feeling. It's weird though, because then it's like Friday night, and you're like, "What? What do I do?" Happens on a Friday night. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, and it's fucking me and my girlfriend just like order food, and she yeah. sits in the fucking tub, takes a bath, and I just read a book and chill with her. Yeah, yeah it's do fucking nothing. It. It's good. fucking the best. You're like, you're like lost. Good. You're like, do I go to a show? Do I sit at home? Do I go? Do I go practice by myself for once? So you know, it's yeah. just like kind of a strange moment. But yeah, how do you view? I just want to ask, like. You, you work with Gray Walker and Psych. What did what's practice like for you? Like you know, I feel like I practice. I don't really practice my stuff outside of practice, which is bad to say. But like I, I definitely like, like skimp on that. I what's what's practice like for you? Well, for Gray Walker, I mean, we practice. It's we just do one day a week. We do every Tuesday. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's at night after we've all worked fucking eight, nine hour shifts. You know what I mean? Uh, It's pretty chill, though. You know, we'll typically what we do is if we have shows that week, we'll like run the set and then we'll try to just work on new material afterwards. If we don't have shows, we'll just work strictly on new material Mm -hmm. outside of practice. um, Our guitar players will record demos on their own and then we like mm-hmm. upload it to dropbox and then the drummer checks it out gets ideas for stuff so whenever we come in wow. for new ideas like we're kind of all we are ready to go like we kind of have some ideas like pretty much with gray walker it's like they kind of do the guitar players do all the the rough skeletal structures of everything and then we mm-hmm. fine-tune it right and then with Sykes, it's just like either we have, if we have a show, we'll have a practice at the practice space. If we don't have shows, we'll work on new stuff here, because like we don't have a live drummer anymore. So I do all of the beat production and stuff here. So we we just work on songs that way here. Yeah, how many people are in Sykes? Four. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's a guitar player, a bass player. Um, I have a female vocalist and me. Yeah. All right. Nice. All right yeah it, yeah just, it's it, but i mean like when we practice it's just their normal practices you know we play we play the songs and but with sykes that's the one thing is like working out new material with sykes it's here in like a studio environment you know what i mean it's like we try out parts basically as we're recording them mm-hmm. versus like oh like what did we do there let's run the whole song again we which wanna, we need to do yeah, with gray walker yeah. yeah we really want to get into that like we i feel like Bands kind of have like a practice schedule because you have your goals, like you know, you got to get ready for the show. You want to do new material. We also don't want to like get sloppy on stuff that you just haven't played in a while. Yeah. Or write or record. And you're like, how do we fit this into like when we're only meeting up like once or twice? Oh, dude, or, it's like, like three you, times? you ever try to put your schedule on a pie chart and like <laughs> no. think about it? I don't it's think like, about it. You know, like, you know, they say to uh, be successful at something, you have to put as close to 100% as you possibly can. But if you're doing 15 different things in the pie chart of your 100%, the maximum that each of those things can be is, you know, yeah. under 10%. And it's like, fuck, I got to adjust this somehow. But with us, it's just trying to work on, even if it's only a little bit, just making sure we're taking a few footsteps every time we're able to get together. Because it's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I like that idea, though. It's just like instead of the songs are just like written in like the spur of the moment as you move on. And then you listen back like once it's done, and you're like, we can change that, too. We oh, yeah. I love with Sykes being able to record in the studio environment because it gives you a lot of flexibility to be like, oh, what would this sound like if the verse was two bars shorter? You could just like, Bloop, you know, <laughs> yeah. or like, what would this sound like if we added the extra hook at the end instead of like, OK, let's run it again and everybody getting tired. You get to just kind of like <laughs> record your ideas yeah. once and then just fucking assemble them however you want. That's and kind of our thoughts like, moving forward. Too. Being like it, it's it's a good way if like you're really a stickler for like song structure and like experimenting. Mm-hmm. It's a really good way to get good at that. I mean, you mentioned uh, Between the Barry to Me earlier. Are you uh, aware of like how whenever they recorded colors, they basically just opened up a Pro Tool session and started and just started <laughs> recording and adding stuff and they just kept doing that until the album was really? done. Really? Wow. wow. That yeah, was like how they wrote and recorded that album. Like Ants of the Sky. Just like, okay, we're just going to throw this in here now. But <laughs> like if you think about it, there's no way that a band like that puts together an album like that in the traditional way that bands write music. You know, it's it's a lot I mean, more meticulous. I think that Rush um, still yeah. pulled hemispheres off, though. Well, well yeah. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> things aren't things aren't what they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they still recorded it though while they worked on it. They couldn't play it at the time when they finished it. But uh, yeah, and I think even um, I think like Alaska. I think that was that Dan Briggs. I remember hearing that like he had had that album written actually before they put out the Silent Circus. Like he wrote that album as wow. a school project or something like that. <laughs> like selkies on it yeah, yeah, wow yeah <laughs> but that that those dudes are on another level um i feel like they've 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 escaped into an orbit that i can no longer follow them with anymore <laughs> Just, but uh i really i really did like that band for a long period of time the structure oh yeah no they've got it's like I feel like it's kind of similar to what Opeth is doing too. It's oh just yeah, like yeah, they get into the they've gone straight prog. It's just I like do which love is cool. The prog sounds just, awesome. It, it it's is so good. They're so good at writing prog. Oh man, their newest album, their guitar solos on it are just mind melting. They're good. They're good. They're you know, my my favorite, one of my favorite prog bands is Porcupine Tree. Oh yeah, I'm huge <laughs> huge great. Porcupine Tree fan. Great. Stephen Wilson really has some great ideas. Yeah, just really excellent work on that guy. Um, do you ever listen to it was um, him and Michael Ackerfeld from Opeth Storm Corrosion they did an album together when was that I don't know 2008 or 9 okay. I think it was a so while creepy. back it yeah. is really so weird I mean it's haunting music I mean it's Michael Ackerfeld so it's kind of like cool weird but it's good you guys ever listen to this uh, like crazy music I don't know if he's a producer Igor oh yeah 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 i know who you're talking about it's like i i g o r r yeah yeah that's that stuff is pretty awesome it's like a i don't know it's like vaudeville black metal it's weird yeah it reminds me of what you were saying with the like just opening a pro tools session oh yeah i don't know if he plans it out more than that but it's like he'll he'll just rip some it's almost sounds like a sample but i think this dude actually like with what he the way that he started um, he did some albums that were samples, like sample-based stuff. Yeah. But on that newest album that they put out, like a year or two ago, yeah. it's all live instrumentation. So like all the string arrangements and everything is like people that he hired to come on. Oh, it's wow. like it's off it's, the. It's, it's far out. It's really really wild stuff. Yeah, it's like out in a different. Uh uh-huh. like, It's like a yeah. It's like a weird like progressive black metal metal vaudevillian comic book sounding like it's like there's like video game there's like chiptune stuff in it too like oh, yeah. it, it's wow. it goes all over the place yeah it's 
it's really i mean you could listen to the whole album and it still feels like the same artist but mm -hmm. it, it really bounces all over the place it's yeah. great i mean our approach when we wrote this album was like we demoed everything chase chase and i when we first started playing it would just be like him and i at practice because we were more available than everybody else at the time and yeah. chase would come in with a song and i'd sit down we'd figure out the structure if we wanted some syncopation in it then we would track the whole song the two of us and then give it to everybody else and then it would be like we would just rehearse it and everybody would write their own parts at practice and then when it came time to get into the studio we would just record those parts we wrote and when we listen to this album it's like um you know a lot's going on all the time so like you know some of the newer material we've been writing we're really hoping we're like let's not finish this song until we hit record you know and let's get in there listen to everybody's part and if we want to pull something out it's like you said you can listen to a guitar track and be like I wonder what this sounds like if there's just bass and no guitar or if uh, there's no drums or, you know, extra mm -hmm. tambourine or whatever. And I feel like moving forward, it sounds like we just want to you were talking about structure earlier and like getting more creative with structure because we of course you like Prague. We of fell into like we, we know, but we, we fell into like we fell into a loop of like, you know, the verse, like the intro verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Well yeah, sure. It's like there. it's bridging that gap because what you're doing is like a more like, you know, in some aspects like pop rock. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you want to stick to those pop formats, but it can be really hard especially if you're somebody that has like a background in like prog music or just an awareness of like, how fucking crazy music can be. Even if it's like, not your thing, like you understand that so much could happen and just bringing that all together. It's like, how do you distill this? It's just like, I feel like there's like the two extremes that you have to like learn about and then just like find something in between that's like interesting enough, but like also like people don't get lost, but it depends on who you're reaching out to at the same time. So that's that's another question. No. Yeah, yeah. We're we're just kind of figuring. <laughs> we've written some really bizarre music lately, and like this album's pretty straightforward. Uh, we have some music on there that definitely gets out there. Oh yeah, yeah. I sure. mean, this album definitely it's weird. Like it does a good job at like achieving. I don't know what we were writing at the time. Sure. And I think we did get in the mixing process. We got better at like organizing what is the prominent feature in each section. And I think at yeah. the end of the day, the album does a really mm -hmm. damn good job of like giving those songs the best light yeah. possible. Like I think Jesse, I mean, Jesse did a phenomenal job. Yeah, he's too. really fun to work with. He cool. is, he he is awesome. Yeah. He dealt <laughs> he with us and he's yeah. like, you guys <laughs> got to straighten your act together. But the, the <laughs> final project is the final product I think is. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. So I'm happy with it. You got live wire bed fire. It's available. Now, technically, technically, when, yes. when the episode yeah. is out, yes, yeah, yeah. it'll yeah. be like platinum by the time. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Two days. <laughs> I'm assuming just like the available on CD, yeah, and, yes. and your uh, your digital distribution stuff as well. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Um, I mean, CD baby. You know, it's like it's like on Amazon. It's on Spotify, Spotify iTunes. iTunes, and then we also, you know, it'll be up on SoundCloud and Bandcamp, and yeah, if there's someplace else, I would imagine it's there. You can get it on the Pirate Bay. I just I want it to be torrent. I want you to torrent our album, and we'll put it on MySpace too. Um, Netflix. Yeah, well, Netflix. Dreams. That's a dream. Uh -huh. Yeah, man. Twitch. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Oh, we're plugging the socials. I mean, we're just chasing the barons on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and then on Twitter. If you want to hear from us on Twitter, it's Baron underscore Chaser. Um, so that's interesting. But chasingthebarons.com is pretty much 
if you just want to see what we are about, just go to our website yeah. because like Facebook's on social pretty solid too. Yeah. Twitter's out there. Someone Twitter, left, like we, someone left a comment and was like, I feel like I'm tripping acid reading our whatever we post on there. Yeah, someone commented on our page weird. that. Yeah, we just yeah, posted. Like, you don't really take that one seriously. <laughs> yeah, like the other day I just posted like, you ever accidentally put your socks on outside of your shoes? And it's like, you know, like that's like the the nature of of the Twitter. It's just uh, we're hanging out and someone says something really weird. We're like, that's a tweet, man. Yeah, but it's it's very infrequent. It's not a platform for promotion. I don't think there's a lot of noise on there. Yeah, Twitter's hard. All of the internet's hard. I've yeah. uh, I repeat things a lot, and then I apologize to people that listen to the show frequently. But uh, like managing all of these uh, different social media platforms, like they each cater to different personality traits, mm. and mm -hmm. trying to manage them all as one person makes me feel like a total schizophrenic yeah like because like <laughs> I, I i don't know how to like i don't naturally resonate with like twitter yeah but like i try and it just makes me feel crazy well maybe you don't even need it like maybe it's better to just yeah, people if tell you you need it you don't need it you know like, just whatever you do best you well, know there are people I, yeah. like there's like people I that feel are famous like on instagram i i overanalyze <laughs> shit and i for a long time we didn't have a gray walker twitter that we were that was active and uh we would get tagged on shows like playing out of town and things like that but it would just be like we'd be the only band without a twitter handle in the post and it's like this looks so unprofessional like these guys don't even have a fucking twitter account you know yeah. it's like fuck we need to make one so we could at least like get you know so we could be a part of the conversation when people want to include us in it. Yeah. It, it yeah. is like, it's like a weird thing because it's been taken up as a public forum. Like it's less of just a hobby and it's more expected, you know, yeah. which, which makes I mean, it Bruce, Bruce, our, our bassist was saying the other day and it was hilarious. He's just like, I'm waiting for the band to come out and revolutionize everything by just not even recording music, not having anything online. And they just play shows and you better hear about them. And that's it. Like they just show up and play. It'd be very difficult to do that, but it Almost would be impossible. kind of it, it refreshing. It'd be though. really tough. Yeah, I mean, in order for that to work, you need a large chunk of the general population to get over themselves. Yes, and uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. If if somebody can't add you to their their Snapchat story, it's like they don't even want you in their life. Oh like, yeah, who are you? Yeah. It's just like <laughs> I feel like so many of the bands we hang out with and the people we know, none of none of them want to post anything. Like they, no one. Likes I, th I it think that it's much. even not even a band thing. I think yeah. that's just a lot of people just don't want to do it. That's a, a, yeah. a, you know, it's a a whole another conversation. But yeah. you know, it's like you know, we have all these social media accounts, and we all have hundreds, sometimes thousands of friends, and it's like we you can't manage that amount of relationships. It's like you know, you got like a couple dozen at most if you're lucky, like people <laughs> yeah. you can genuinely like yeah. keep in touch with and stuff like that. It's like, fuck, I go on my Facebook. I'm trying to keep up with the lives of 2000 people. Yeah. It's hard. Cause I'm, I want to start hitting it with like, like you want to tap into Facebook because it's something that is a utility to you. Like you want to open it with a little bit of excitement. Like you kind of want to check in as if you're like opening up a video game, but like I never open social media with the enthusiasm of like a video game. You know, it's just kind of, uh -huh. Second nature, like you, I don't know. I Waiting wish at that the it, doctor's it, office. I'm going to check Facebook real quick. Yeah, there's always that voice in the back of my head, like, "Up, oh, what now?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it. I wish it could hit, go back to that state where you're more excited to mm -hmm. just open it up. And sometimes I'm more excited to share stuff mm -hmm. than open it up. Like I, it's my, maybe selfish, but like I don't really use the platforms to look at stuff as much. It's more like this: the band's doing something cool. 
I'm gonna. Yeah, take I don't a even use it for myself anymore. It's like I got married, and I I think I just like liked the pictures of people putting put up of the wedding. But like Ken's and I just didn't care about posting it. But like the second the band has an event, I'm like, well, I better share this so people come. And it's just like, you know, my own life isn't on there. If you want to know me, you got to hang out with me, you know. And like a lot of my friends are the same way. I mean, Saunders, I don't think he's ever posted on Facebook. My my. <laughs> It's just so out of date. It's just like, why? I just need to delete them all because I don't use them. But at the same time, it's just like, well, apparently we have to have them now. I'm just not going to use them. I'm just going to leave like the picture from last year on there. I had way longer hair and it's just not going to change. And that's just me. Cool. (laughs) Well, Chase and the Barons, it's been lovely. (laughs) Thank you all for coming over. This is nice. Yeah. Follow us on social media, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shameless self plug. (laughs) And uh, I think that's it. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, man. This you got it. Great. You got, you got a yeah. really impressive collection of records here, man. I thanks, dude. I just want to say it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Just, and just uh, hey, at it. we're done. We're done. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Yes. Once again, shout outs to my friends Chase and the Barons for being here. Definitely take some time to check out their new record. Check them out live if you get a chance. Or if you just happen to see any of them in public, give them a high five. Tell them good job for being good people. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.